world. And we discussed how that if there's anything that describes our world today, it's that it's weary. People are just tired. And we thought about how and talked about how that Mary and Joseph had to be weary. They had to be weary, and the Jews were weary because they were waiting on this, this Messiah. And how that, that today in our life, that people are just simply tired. But in the middle of our night, in the middle of our chaos, we have a thrill of hope. And his name is Jesus. The week after that, Pastor Aaron talked about, Oh, come all you faithful. And the good news is, is that he just doesn't call the faithful. He calls those who are weary. He calls those who are sinners. And God helps us become more faithful and more joyful and more triumphant. Last week we looked at a, a very familiar song, Away in the Manger, and we centered in on the little Lord Jesus. And we talked about how that when we make that statement and we sing that song, it's awesome to think about Jesus laying there in the manger. But sometimes we do a disservice to Him but because we just see Him as a seven-pound baby. But last week we talked about how that we must realize and how many times that over 740 times that the New Testament proclaims that Jesus is Lord. And we looked at how that we must make a decision in our life to become fully committed to his lordship. This week we're going to, to close out our Christmas series. And we're going to look at the carol, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. You see, this song was written somewhere between the 8th and the 12th century. Now, that's a long time ago. But during that time period, what would happen is, is churches would start to do a chant, or they would start to sing. And they would do that with things that started with O. And so one word in this song, during that era, they began to sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel. And out of that was birthed this song. And the one word in this song that I want to focus in on this morning is simply the word Emmanuel. Emmanuel, and it simply means God with us. Now, how many times have you prayed that prayer? How many times have you prayed and said, God be with us? Maybe it's before you leave to go on a trip. You say, God be with us. Uh, maybe as we close out service, People will say, God, go with us. If you're like me, it's when you're headed down the runway and you're thinking about everything that could go wrong on that airplane, you're praying, God, be with us. Or maybe it's on a roller coaster. We got any people that like roller coasters? When it starts up that hill... There's two things that I do. The first thing I do is confess of everything that I think could keep me out of heaven. The second thing I do is say, God be with us. God be with us. Uh, maybe it's when your kids are arguing in the back seat. And you're thinking, God, you better be with us. But what does it mean? What does it mean for God to be with us? Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 and 22 says this. She will give birth to a son, and you, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through his prophet. Now here, Matthew is now getting ready to quote Isaiah 7, 11. 
You see, Isaiah had predicted many years before the event ever happened. He had predicted what was going to take place. I mean, that, that's awesome. I mean, I can't tell you what's going to take place after church. But here, Isaiah, some 740 years before the event ever happened, Isaiah saw it, and this is what he said in, chapter, in verse 23. He said, then I will... Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. I don't think that's the right scripture. Maybe God wanted to uh, put that in this morning. But he was getting ready to tell them how that this baby was going to be born. He was getting ready to explain to them. And so Matthew tells this in Matthew chapter 7. So to put this in context, what you have to understand is, is that everyone is listening or reading this. Everyone that's doing that, they knew that in the Old Testament, that God was too holy to even be looked upon. They knew that Moses had to hide his face because he couldn't handle the full-blown presence of God. They understood that when God dwelt in the temple, that nobody could go in except the high priest. And they even tied a rope around him, around his leg, so that if he died while he was in there, they could drag him out. You see, they understood that God was just that big. So can you imagine... Can you imagine the thought process that must have been going through their mind when, when Matthew said, he's with us. He's with us. I mean, no wonder the shepherds ran back into the fields rejoicing. No wonder the wise men fell on their face to worship. They were beginning to understand and see that, that God wasn't a distant, far-off, uninvolved God. They began to realize that God wasn't just someone that was watching over us from a distance. They began to understand that God was now with us. That He had came. That the Creator, the Sustainer of the universe, is a relational God who stripped Himself of His glory, stripped Himself of His Lordship to become like us in a form of a baby. Here he was, all God, all man, without sin, and he dwelt on the earth. In John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And skipping down to verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So what Matthew is now saying, Matthew is beginning to declare that God is with you. He's beginning to declare that God was with you. He's declaring that God will be with you. That is the absolute best news ever. But the problem is, is that we can hear that, but many of us simply do not believe it. I mean, if you aren't a follower of Christ, if you've never made that decision, then I understand you probably don't get it. You don't get it. But there's some of you here, 
And you are Christians. You are a follower of Christ. But yet when I tell you that God is with you, you're thinking, really? He's really with me because, you know, I don't feel it right now. He's really with me because I don't have any tingly feelings up and down my spine. There are no goosebumps. I don't feel him. There's many of you, you're in a difficult spot right now. It's been said that Christmas is like a great magnifying glass. That it magnifies the good and it makes them really good. But it also magnifies the bad and it makes, them, makes it really bad. It magnifies the, the painful and it makes it really painful. There's some of us that, that are facing an empty chair this year. Maybe through divorce or through, through death or through distance. And sometimes there's, there's relational tension that, that you know of. Things aren't right. Maybe you've just received some bad news. Whatever it is, you're going through it right now. And you are beginning to think and you are wondering, where is God in all of this? Some of you here, you've done things in your life that you're so ashamed of. And you're thinking, why would Emmanuel, why would the Lord and the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings want to be with me? And you find it so hard to believe and to live out this verse that God is with us. But before we leave today, my prayer is, is that you will leave here being convinced beyond all doubt that God is, that God was, and that God will always be with you. Because He is Emmanuel. And once you can grasp that truth, you will never, ever be the same. Once you can grab a hold of the fact that, that He is with us every step that we take. The first thing, I want to look at three things this morning. The first thing I want to look at is God is with you. God is with you. Luke chapter 1 verse 28 says this, The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The very first truth that the angel proclaimed to this little girl was what she needed to know. You see, he was about to, to ask her to do something very difficult. But before he did that, the first thing that he said is, The Lord is with you. Many of you whom you may be hurting right now, I want you to understand that the Lord is with you. The Bible tells us that our God is a God who comforts us in our trials. The Greek word there is parakletos. Para means to come alongside. Kleto means called to. So our God comes alongside us. He comes alongside us. He's called to, to minister to you in your times of trouble, in your times of hardship. And that is such a beautiful picture that God will come alongside us and comfort us and to be there with us. And we hear that, but do we really believe it? Do we really believe it? Do we really understand that the God of the universe, the all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present God, that God is with you. He's with me. 
And once we get a hold of that, it will change everything. When you're lost and you don't know where to go, He will be your guide. When you're alone and you're hurting, He will be your friend. When you're in the middle of a trial, when you're in the middle of a circumstance, He will be your comforter. When you are sick, He will be your healer. When you're weak, He will be your strength. When you're lost in your sin, He will be your Savior. God is with you. God is with you. Secondly, our God was with us. Our God was with us. When you look back over your life, sometimes it's easier to see God in the rearview mirror than it is in the moment that you're in. And when you begin to look back over your life and, and you can see a series of events in your life, you can begin to be like Joseph in the Old Testament. He was a little boy who had big dreams. He said, I'm going to be a leader. His brothers didn't like that. They didn't like the fact that he was his dad's favorite. They didn't like the fact that he had given him a coat of many colors. So they beat him up and they threw him in a pit. And they said, let's just leave him here. This is his family. These are his brothers. Let's just leave him here to die. One of the other brothers said, well, we can't do that. Let's sell him into slavery. So they agreed and they sold him into slavery. And he went and he lived with integrity. He was falsely accused of something that he didn't do. He was thrown into prison. And looking at this from a distance, you would say, where is God in all this? Where is God in this moment for Joseph? But once you see the story over the course of his life, you can begin to realize that God was working behind the scenes. It has been said that, that his pit became his passage to the palace where he would eventually become second in charge over Egypt. And God used these indirect routes to, so that he could save countless numbers of people from the famine. Genesis chapter 32 verse 21 says this. The Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. It says the Lord was with him. The Lord was with Joseph. That's where God was. He was with him. And as you sit there this morning and, and you look back over your life. When I look back over my life, it can be become quite emotional. Because I can look back and I can see all of the times that God was with me. I can remember back when I was 16 years old. I hadn't had my driver's license very long. And I rolled my car over in an embankment. It landed on its top. Every window busted out. It came to rest that close to a telephone pole. And I begin to look at that situation, and, and I know that in that moment, I walked out. I had no seatbelt on. I got out no cuts, no bruises. I climbed out of the car. I can back and say, God was with me. 
I can remember when Christy and I moved to Charleston after graduating from college and went to work in a church. I had no job that paid. We had no place to live. We had nothing except a piece of paper that said we were graduates. But in that moment, God miraculously gave me a job back in 1997. I wasn't deserving of the job. But he allowed me to get this job to provide me with training that would, for the next many years, would provide for our family. I can say God was with us. Most of you are familiar with our adoption story and the amazing twists and turns that it took. And while we were going through that, how that we say, God, where are you? And now we can turn around and look and say, God was with us. And those are just a few times in in our life that God has been with us. And as you're sitting there this morning, I, I challenge you to take a moment just to look back. Look back. And thank God for the times that He was with you. Thank God for the times when it looked like that everything was crashing against you. And and then when you get to the other side, you can see God was with me. There's no doubt that when Joseph was in this moment, if he was human at all, he had to question. He had to question, God, where are you? God, this is not how I dreamed that my life would end up. But in that moment... When he could look back and see everything that God had done, he could declare, God has been with me. Thirdly, God will be with you. God will be with you. And I know we've talked a lot here lately about Mary. But I want you to think once again about this little girl. This teenage girl. Imagine if that moment when the angel came to her and said, the Lord is with you. Imagine in that moment if she could have seen into the future. If she could have seen how God was going to be with her. If she could have realized how God would be with her when she conceived a child by the Holy Spirit. If she could have seen God will be with me when I break the news to Joseph. If she could have seen how God would be with Joseph when God confirmed this event in a dream. If she could have understood and realized that God will be, would be with them when they traveled on donkey's back for 100 miles. How that God would be with them when there was no room in the inn. How that God would be with them When she gave birth to the Son of God in a stable. And they would have to lay him in a manger. If she could have realized and seen into the future, she would have known that God was going to be with her when they were on the run trying to save the life of her son. Or how that God would be with them when Jesus was 12 years old and they couldn't find him. I mean, can you imagine losing the Son of God? 
leaving him behind. I couldn't imagine. But God was with them. Where did they find Jesus? They found him in the temple. Teaching. Asking questions. Answering questions. If she could have seen into the future, she would have realized that God would be with her at the wedding feast when they ran out of wine. And she would ask her son to perform his first miracle. If she could have seen into the future, she would have realized that God would be with them and with her as she watched her son be falsely accused, beaten, and persecuted. As she watched her son suffer on a cross, brutally abused by the sinners whose sin he was fixing to pay. That he would be with her as they drove the stakes through his body. That God would be with her when she watched him suffer. That God would be with her when Jesus looked up into the heavens and said to his father, it's finished. God would be with her when he said, into your hands I commit my spirit. And that God would be with her when the earth went dark and began to shake. And then I think about Mary. Here she is the first night. She no doubt knew what Jesus had said. But I can only imagine there had to be some doubt. In that moment, she needed God to reassure her as she waited and she wondered. And on the second night, as she continued to wait, she continued to wonder. But God was with her. And how that God would be with her on the third day when the stone was rolled away. They went in, the tomb was empty. He wasn't there because he, because he had risen. Why? Because he's Emmanuel. He's God with us. And he is God who will be with us no matter what you're going through. No matter what you're facing today, God is with you. No matter the circumstance, nothing it's too big for our God. And you may be sitting here this morning and you may think, yeah, but, but I'm facing this. Yeah, I'm facing this problem or this circumstance. God will be with you. That's his promise. Romans chapter 8 verse 38 and 39 says this. For I am convinced... That neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation 
will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Such a powerful verse. When Paul wrote that, it was such a powerful verse. He had been through so much. But if we can ever understand and grab a hold of this verse, that there is nothing, no thing will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. To understand that He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You will never have to be alone. Nothing can separate you. Not your fears, not your doubts, not your insecurities, not the things that you can't explain, not your brokenness, not your failures, not a divorce, not a sickness, nothing. Nothing can separate you. Not your broken dreams. Nothing can separate you. Because He is, He was, and He will always be with you. Revelation chapter 1 verse 8 says this, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord. The one who is, who was, who is to come. The Almighty. The writer of Psalms said that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear. Why? Because he's Emmanuel. He's God with you. He's with you. But the question that you need to settle in your heart is, are you with God? Are you with God? And there's no better time than the week that we are going to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior to give an honest answer to that question. Are you with God? Because God is with you. He wants to reveal His love to you. He wants to reveal His character, His nature, His goodness. More than anything else, He wants you to be with Him. He wants you to love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. You see, God is a relational God who came to this earth to reveal himself to you and to me. He came to this earth to forgive you of your sin so that you could know him, so that you could serve him, so that you could have eternal life. That's why he came. he wants to be with you he wants to walk and come alongside you he wants to comfort you he wants to assure you that he's there with every head bowed and every eye closed if you're here this morning and you say pastor can't comprehend what you're talking about because I have never made a decision to follow him. Pastor, I, I can't comprehend 
what you're describing. I can't understand why God would want to be with me. God wants to reveal himself to you this morning. And there's no better time than right now to make him Lord of your life. If you're here and you say, Pastor, that's me. I've never proclaimed. I've never asked him to be Lord of my life. Would you just slip your hand up? Thank you. I've never asked him. Thank you. You might be here this morning. You might say, Pastor. I feel like Joseph in the Old Testament. I I feel like that God has called me to something. But right now I'm in the middle of a pit. And to be honest, I don't see any way out. I'm in the middle of of a situation. And it's hard for me to see that God is with me. There's days that, that I doubt. If that's you, just slip up your hand. Thank you. Pastor, it's hard. It's hard for me to hear a message like this in the middle of my circumstances. Anyone else? Thank you. I'm going to ask you to stand. no doubt in my mind that God wants to reassure some people this morning that he is with you he has been with you and he will always be with you what can separate us from him all of those things listed he says no Nothing, nothing, nothing can separate me from the love of God because he's Emmanuel. He's with you. He's with me. My challenge to you this morning, if you're in the middle of something, We always talk about not looking back. But this morning, I'm going to give you permission to look back and to recount the many times in your life that God has been with you.
Father, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your promise. That you'll never leave us. That you'll never forsake us. God, I know that there are people in this place today. God, they're going through it. God, maybe it's a relationship. God, maybe it's financial needs. God, maybe it's a job situation. God, maybe it's a family situation. God, maybe it's a health situation. God, they're going through it. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you will speak to their heart. God, to let them know that you're there. God, let them know that you've been with them from the very beginning. God, that you knew them while they were still in their mother's womb. God, that you have a plan for their life. God, that you're going to walk right beside them. different this morning. I'm going to ask you to take the hand of the person standing beside you. Now by doing that you may or may not know the need of the person standing on your right. You may know what they're going through. You may have no idea. But as we pray this morning, I want you to declare over the lives of the people on your right and your left. That they will be reassured this morning that God is with them. God is with them. That they will leave here today knowing that they don't have to walk alone. They don't have to face it alone. So as they sing, we're going to begin to pray. I'm going to ask you, pray. Don't just listen to me, but pray. Pray for that person on your right and your left and declare that they be set free this morning from the lies of the enemy that they're all alone. Father, I come before you right now. God, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to come together. God, I'm thankful on this week that we celebrate the birth of your son. God, that we can proclaim that he is Lord. That we can proclaim 
that he has been, that he is, and that he always will be with us. God, that we can declare and stand on your word that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us, but you will be with us until the end. Father, I pray for anyone this morning that has doubts, that has questions, where you are. God, open their eyes. Open their spiritual eyes to allow them to know that you will always be with them. No matter what they're facing, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation, God, you are with them. God, help them stand on your promise. God, when the enemy attacks, when the enemy comes against them, God, let them stand firm and know that you are with them. God, let them know that you are right there walking beside them. God, let them know that you will be their comforter, that you will be their friend, that you will be their healer. God, let them know You're good. We proclaim it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let it be so. Let it be so. Can we sing that together this morning?